0: Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by co-host Matt Carter. And today, we are going to address some elephants in the room after NC State's disappointing 24-10 loss. More bad news was to follow on Monday. But also, we will get to maybe some positive news in the sense that we're going to preview NC State's next opponent, Furman which is the only FCS opponent on the schedule, the highest likelihood of any game left on the schedule or any game on the entire schedule that NC State will win. So I think you'll like what we have to say about what is to come this Mm -hmm. Saturday. But before we get into it, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. We're on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Google Play, Everywhere you listen to podcasts, plus you can always watch us on our YouTube channel where you should subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Notifies you when a new video is up. That way you're staying informed on everything Wolfpack. So go subscribe to the Wolfpacker YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up and drop a comment. Tell us what you think. We uh, had some Mississippi State fans in the comments after the last podcast episode. So NC State fans... I'm um, calling on you to get it right and get the right shade of red back in our comment section. But
1: what happened though? I didn't even read that. What did they say?
0: Um, they went back to our uh, apparently some Mississippi State fans listened to our preview podcast and they criticized. Well, I'm talking about one person specifically, but they <laughs> they said that we were underestimating Mississippi State's run defense, which got well, a point got a point not not gonna lie we uh we dropped the ball there they were Mm. they're pretty damn good um no i mean miss i think i said somewhere in the podcast that mississippi state would have a good defense but it wouldn't be one of the tougher defenses left on nc state's schedule i'd like to walk that back because i think that (laughs) mississippi state actually behind clemson you could make the argument. The defense that they put on the field Saturday night was as good as any that NC State's going to see the rest of the season just based on the first two weeks of ACC football because, man, this conference has some work to do. <laughs>
1: they do. And, and to that Mississippi State fan, apparently has a lot of time in his life.
0: Thank you for um, listening, by the way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate every listener we get. We appreciate every subscriber we get. I know we got a, a new subscriber last week. Um... That uh, the uh, yeah, I dropped would drop the ball on that. I, you know, I knew
0: that after the podcast
1: too. I I you think told I said me. That one, you. You yeah. called
0: me after. You said uh, I've been looking at the run stat numbers for Louisiana Tech, and uh, <laughs> one of their runs was a forty-five yarder. The rest were like two, three yards a pop. So, in in fairness, you knew the before
1: the game. The quarterback had run for like half the yards on one play. So it got me thinking and then the pro football focus grades and everything like, you know i corrected it i would point out if that uh that listener wants to go read uh our scout in mississippi state report you' he'll see that I, I i did a course correction on that particular stuff but kudos to him uh, or her whoever it was for uh, listening to the podcast so but on the bigger bigger news this week oh. i think justin
0: yeah, about that. I didn't want to get to that, but um, Peyton Wilson, best defender on NC State. You could make the case best defender in the ACC, an All-American type talent. Unfortunately, he's going to miss the rest of this season, and it's probably the last time we're going to see Peyton Wilson in an NC State uniform. So just prepare yourself for that, Wolfpack fans. He's probably going to go pro based on the fact that he could have gotten drafted, And then he suffers a season-ending injury like this in the second game of the year. So just prepare yourselves for that. And also, not to minimize the second injury here, because we're talking about another starter at cornerback, Cyrus Fagan. He's out for the season. The FSU transfer just came in. So two starters already out for the season for this NC State defense that has looked very, very impressive in the first two weeks. But I will say... Like I said on the last podcast, reflecting on that Mississippi State game, that NC State defense just did not look the same without Peyton Wilson on the field. Um, They might have been a little shaken up just based on seeing him get hurt. I know that had an emotional impact on the sideline, and that was kind of clear on TV, frankly. I mean, you know, in the heat of the game, I think I maybe mistook it for just maybe – Underestimating or just just kind of quitting on the game, but no, I think I think that really had a big impact on them because Peyton Wilson is a captain, a leader on this team, and he's very well liked in that locker room. So, Matt, just your instant reaction to that news on Monday that dropped like an atomic bomb.
1: <laughs> well, you know it's big when it makes national news, right? When you have your Pat Forties and your Pete Thamel's and your and those type of guys, um, Bruce Feldman. Tweeted about those type of guys tweeting about it. You know, you're talking about a national talent. I would say a guy that the national guys have on their radar, and, and frankly, for NC State, that doesn't happen a whole lot. I mean, there's a, maybe a guy or two a year, and it's a good year for NC State. sure. um, you don't, you don't lose the ACC's leading tackler from last season and not suffer a drop-off. The question is, is how minimal will the drop-off be? And can perhaps there be some elevation in other places on the defense to offset that drop-off? Yeah, you know, I went back and, and look at the Mississippi State game and look, they did not score. Peyton, you know, kind of misleading because Peyton Wilson didn't play a lot against South Florida either and he only played about a quarter and a half at Mississippi State. But the defense never gave up a single point with Peyton Wilson on the field this year. Um, but I will say that first drive when he got hurt, Mississippi State went down and scored a touchdown. You know, there was a third and 10 conversion. There was a third and nine conversion, I believe. And then the infamous fourth and seven conversion. You know, it's not like the defense wasn't in possession get off the field and prevent that touchdown. And then, you know, the other touchdown drives I gave was when Bam Knight fumbled near midfield, had a short field. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I don't think the defense did that bad without Peyton Wilson. It, you know, it's going to be a drop-off, but I, I do. I didn't say bad, now that,
0: but they weren't yeah. dominant. I mean, they held Mississippi right. State to five effing yards in the first quarter yeah
1: no question and if you add up the second and third quarter mississippi state would have been on pace for 500 yards and again um and then the fourth quarter the defense stepped up and, and gave in to some, some chances to try to get back into the game um so yeah there will be a drop off I, I i when i look at it and i still look at the schedule you know i went eight and four before the season started, even after the Peyton Wilson injury and even after the Cyrus Fagan injury, we are a little bit better off. Zakeen Harris started every game at safety last year, played more snaps than anybody at safety last year, actually started the opener. Zakeen Harris got the nod in the second game. So instead of having a, a, an a, effectively a platoon out there, you just go back to Zakeen Harris being the main guy. Um, that's not a terrible situation at all. You know that you feel okay with that. You just need to keep your Harris healthy now. Um,
0: and he stayed but, healthy last year. He played more snaps than anybody on the team. Yep.
1: Yeah. So I, I think um, I still think they're an eight and fourteen. I I, I I don't think this injury changes the dynamics for me. In my prediction, looking at these other teams. You know, the teams that could score a lot, they could score a lot whether or not Peyton Wilson's on the field. And the teams that are going to struggle to score, I think the defense is still good enough, deep enough, to hold those teams in check. Uh, We'll see how Jalen Scott does. He'll get the first shot at replacing Peyton Wilson. He lost a lot of weight in the offseason, really transformed his body. Uh, You know, Jalen Scott, when he was in high school, was a guy that everybody thought was destined to be a big-time recruit. He had the Clemsons of the world knocking on his door early in his career that, you know, that the recruiting process unfolded. Some of those schools kind of shifted focus elsewhere, but it's not like Jalen Scott where the no-name kid. School. He was a well-known commodity for two, three years. Um, and she stated knowing him well. He had a lot of experience. So I guess I would say a uh, big picture. I think, yes, it'll hurt. I'm not sure it changes the dynamic as dramatically as some people might think it
0: does. I agree with you on most of what you said. I also agree with the point that it doesn't change my in-season record prediction. But I will admit that it does decrease what I think of NC State. I, I think this does hurt a defensive unit that, frankly, for the first five quarters of the season, looked like it had... The capability to be the second or third best defense in the ACC. It's not as good as Clemson's. It just, it just doesn't have that type of talent. But it could be right up there with, like, a Pittsburgh, you know. Uh, behind Clemson, this unit had the opportunity to be second best in the ACC, and that is good enough to, you know, potentially go out and, and compete for a 10-win season. Um, now I think it's going it, not saying that it couldn't be that, but that's – also more of a devaluing of the ACC based on what I've seen in the first two weeks. NC State's, you know, tough schedule that we all thought was going to be, you know, just this long journey where you'd be lucky to go 8-4, and four, even with a good team. Um, now it doesn't look so tough because Louisville looks incompetent. Um, you know, Florida State just lost to Jacksonville State. Um you know, Syracuse lost 17-7 to to Rutgers, a team that had 140 passing yards in that game. I mean, these are all games that NC State should win at this point, whereas maybe before the season we're looking at them more like toss-ups. And, and we'll see. We'll see what NC State looks like when they respond. Uh, we'll see what the rest of the te- these teams end up evolving into. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to learn anything this weekend. I don't think we're gonna learn a damn thing. Sorry to burst any type of teasers that you're trying to do for the upcoming week of content, Matt. I apologize, but we are not gonna learn anything until the Clemson Tigers come to Carter Friendly Stadium on September twenty-fifth. Um, you know, unless this NC State team makes it a close game with Furman, which I do not expect. I expect NC State to win by at least four possessions against an FCS opponent. I don't care if they're a top 25 FCS opponent. You're talking about significantly less talent than what is going to be on the field in red and white. Um, but, you know, again, I think NC State can still go 8-4. and four. Hell, they could go 9-3. and three. I mean, they could, they could really surprise people down the stretch. Without Peyton Wilson, though, it loses some optimism for me in the sense that I thought Clemson might have been gettable this year. If NC State was fully healthy and the way Clemson was kind of starting off the season slowly on offense, I thought well, this NC State defense could really give the Clemson offense some problems. And not saying that they still couldn't, but without Peyton Wilson on the field, you know, like you said, Matt, some guys can elevate and and get better, but what Peyton Wilson does is he forces offensive coordinators to account for him on every single play, which means that they're not scheming as hard against the other guys, which allows them to produce more than maybe they would without a Peyton Wilson on the field. not saying that J- you know Jalen Scott could be a great linebacker in the ACC, but he's not Peyton Wilson, not yet.
1: But I'll go back to what I said, and I agree with a lot of that you said. I think what we seen you know when we looked at this, we all thought Syracuse was probably a, a likely win, right? nothing had changed. That dynamic, if anything, I've been kind of surprised Syracuse was as competent as they looked in the first two games. I thought they were in for a real long year. But I thought the wild cards on the schedule were Louisville and Florida State. Florida State on the road, Louisville at home. They don't look as much as wild cards anymore. They don't look like teams you need Peyton Wilson on the field to beat. I kind of go back to what happened last year. When Devin lilly went down, I'm not picking on Justin Williams here. There were a lot of fans talking about the Ben Finley, should we go with Ben Finley? Should we just go ahead and get Ben Finley ready? Um, and a point that some were making, uh, I'll include myself in that particular group, was that Bailey Hoffman could win a lot of those games still left on the schedule. Because it wasn't a, they, they had to get through UNC and Miami, but after that, it was smooth sailing, and Bailey Hoffman could beat those teams. You know, we focused on Peyton Wilson's injury. Boston College has lost his starting quarterback for the rest of the uh, – certainly for the NC State game. For, forgot about them. That should
0: college. be a win now too.
1: Yeah. You put that game now. You, you, you need Peyton Wilson just a little bit less in that game up at Boston College. And that was one of those vaunted 50-50 games with Mississippi State, it, with what Forest on the road is, with UNC at home is. um. Those games still look 50-50. We don't know a whole lot about workforce. We'll find out about them uh, soon enough. You know, those 50-50 games still remain. A lot of them on the road. Uh, Miami, I would include now, is a 50-50 game. They haven't looked like world beaters this season. Um, So, you know, that's kind of where I kind of come from. I kind of reflect back to the Devin Leary injury last year where Bailey Hockman can beat a lot of those teams left on the schedule. Uh, Jalen Scott and By Jones, whatever combination they use, is probably good enough to keep that NC State defense good enough to beat a lot of the teams on the schedule. Really, it's going to come down to the development of the offense. And obviously, they got to play better. And, you know, that was one of my, if you read the uh, Scout and Furman piece of uh, getting the mojo back on offense is one of the things to watch for for uh, for NC State. But if they go out and score fifty-two points, who cares? You're right. It doesn't mean much. The only thing that mean the only thing that would matter is if they go out and score thirty-some points against Furman and don't look pretty doing it. And it's a, and it's a slug. And it just it's like going in mud, right? You're, you're just spinning your tires and not going anywhere. If it's just an effort like that, then you have cause for concern. That's the only thing you will learn from foaming. So your hope is that you learn absolutely nothing from foaming, right? Because if you're going to learn anything, it's going to be negative. going to be bad. So, um, to me, that's one of the keys about foaming. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about foaming briefly, but it's about getting the offensive mojo back. Getting Devin Lee knocking on a couple of deep to kind of get that timing uh, with guys like Anthony Smith, maybe getting Porter Rooks a little bit more involved in the offense. I know that's a popular one with the fans on our walled-in message board right now. Why isn't Porter Rooks playing more? Uh, Maybe get the running backs back. You know, the PFF grade, if you look at a premium beyond-the-box score piece that I put up, that was the lowest grade ever in pro football-focused history of grading NC State football games. For a performance in the run game, ever. So, obviously, they need to get back on track. So how they for, need to. How far does that go back? Twenty fourteen, and then the full season to twenty fourteen. There are a few sporadic games, that were included in twenty twelve and twenty thirteen. So, they they wow. had that, they scored they scored a forty six point zero with the grade. They had never been below 50 before. So not only is it the lowest grade, it was the lowest grade by a few points ever. Um, in one game, you know, they, they differentiate between run blocking and running. So that the running of the running backs in the quarterback that that grade comes from. So, you know, that vaunted Bam Knight, rookie person duo need to run like a vaunted running back duo is supposed to run. Apparently, when you look at the film, they did not run well against mississippi state so that's what uh, kind of important for NC state that's what's got to start saturday go out and have the big success it's supposed to have feel good about yourself and then get ready for the toughest defensive
0: gotta see some more explosive plays um but matt i think you hit on so many great points there the, right, can it, i pat myself on the back I mean I was about to give you a ding ding ding. I mean it was okay. it was it was like light bulbs were just going off in my head when you were talking about how this injury you know it doesn't put it puts more pressure on the offense than it does the defense because when Peyton Wilson was in the lineup and how that NC State defense was playing for the first 5 quarters of the season you know I was almost starting to get the sense that you know this is an NC State team that is going to rely on its defense. It's going to lean on the run game in the offense. Ease Devin Leary back in, get him settled. Because, I mean, you know, he wasn't like an A, A plus quarterback in those first two games. I thought he was average to above average. He looked like he had was shaking off some rust. But we haven't yet to see Devin Leary return to any, you know, type of peak performance like we did in that you know road game at Pittsburgh prior to his injury. Of course. You know, he did have two games last season before he was hurt that he never really looked like that again either but you know we'll see i think he can get back to that point he clearly has the talent he has the arm strength i think he has you know the football iq to to be that successful so but it might take some time for him to get back to that point and now all of a sudden there's more pressure on him there's more pressure on those running backs there's more pressure on tim beck that this NC State offense has to get back to the explosiveness that it displayed in 2020 because, really, I mean, we saw it against USF, but, you know, do we really learn anything from that? And if well, we South see- Florida
1: goes up 670 yards of total offense to Florida in week two, which goes back to the point, you know, I, I love making this my belief. It takes, what, three to four weeks to figure out a season? Um, well, actually.
0: That that's not true, Matt. Because there is one thing I'm sure of. What? Alabama is going to win the national championship.
1: Still got to get through Georgia, right?
0: I, I mean, <laughs> come on, dude.
1: Really? All uh, right. Well, I'll tell you this though. Um, but my point being, like, we everybody got excited about McKenzie Mil, um, um, uh, 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 Mil- McKen- the the quarterback of Florida State. Yeah,
0: McKenzie Milton. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Everybody got excited about what he did against Notre Dame and how they took Notre Dame to overtime. And then the next game out, they laid an egg. He stunk. Well, I don't know if he stunk, but Florida State stunk and lost on the last play of the game to Jacksonville State. Notre Dame had the battle to beat Toledo. It going to show you that you can't overreact to week one, and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, we still have time to figure some stuff out. But, yeah, so they, that, that big performance against South Florida – It doesn't look as big when you see what Florida did to South Florida too. And so you have to just take all that into account as you kind of figure out, okay, how do we recalibrate our expectations here after seeing three? And I think for NC State, it'll be four weeks. I think they get a bye. No, they get Louisiana Tech after. After going into that Louisiana Tech game after Clemson, we should know a lot about where this offense, where NC State will be and where the defense will be post Peyton Wilson and Cyrus Fagan. And,
0: and let's be honest for a second. I know NC State scored forty five points in that season opener against USF, but we weren't talking about the offense really after that game. We were talking about the running backs, but there was nothing creative offensively about that game. They literally just ran it down their throats because they had better athletes. I mean, there was it wasn't it wasn't and they ran people out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. any... So they ran any, it left
1: every time and, and ran for 300 yards.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, it, yeah. It, and not to mention, that defense was consistently putting the NC State offense in just prime field position because, yeah. I mean, routinely, NC State would get the ball at 50-yard line or better. So, you know, we'll see. Look, I think all of this is just a dress rehearsal for Clemson, and, you know, I don't think NC State should really be thinking about Clemson, but come on, they're human. Like you need to you need to come out and you need to have a confident performance this week. If you just bring your mojo, you bring your confidence, and I think they will. It's gonna be at Carter Friendly Stadium. It's gonna you know, the fans are gonna be there. I I hope it's gonna be a strong attendance. Hopefully it's not gonna be too hot in Raleigh, although it'll be a night game, so you you got no excuses. Yeah. Just, you know, go out to the game, have a good time, enjoy the nice weather. I wish I could go. But um <laughs> What do you know about Furman, Matt? Am, am I just completely underestimating them? or I mean, it doesn't really matter. I see FCS on the schedule, and I'm like, if you're a Power 5 team, you should beat FCS teams by four touchdowns or you're not a good team.
1: Probably. Uh, you know, I put in the key. Furman is good enough that you can't just sleepwalk through the game and if you do sleepwalk through the game, they're good enough to start annoying you and start being annoying. Um, are they good enough to beat entry State if NC State shows up, plays with hard effort, good energy, all that? Nah, as you said, probably four or five touchdowns, differential. I mean, there's not a single player on the Furman roster that entry State would have probably considered recruiting and frankly if their guys went in the transfer portal the entire team i'm not sure how many guys entry state would take a look at so um that's kind of the difference between fcs and fbs uh, as you know i'm not a fan of these kind of games never have been as far as fcs team go Furman is a competent fcs team. they are ranked in the top 25 they beat a top 25 team in their opener uh, they had their first uh, uh, shutout in 17 years in week two. It is a program that has been to three FCS title games. Um, they've been to the playoffs two of the last four years in the in the FCS. So they, they're not a um, you know, all due respect to Western Carolina that who really struggled at the FCS level. This is a much more competent. But they're not James Madison either. Remember when James Madison came to NC state back in, I think, 2018? That was going to be a competitive game. Um, James Madison is a legit title contender that year in the FCS. And I think it ended up being like a two-score game. Um, so that's how I would describe it. they got a quarterback that's talk to a good start. They do have one of the best running backs in school history. They have an All-American tight end, a freshman retriever doing really well. They got a, a really good pass rusher at the FCS level. We had 15 sacks a couple of years ago. Uh, they have a corner that intercepted three passes already this season and is an all-conference contender. So they got – it's a nice team for the FCS level. It really is. But that This is really about entry state focusing on themselves, showing up ready to play. Showing up uh, motivated and uh, sleepwalking and, and um, really really the key to games like this is putting the hammer down early. Yeah, it should be over by halftime. So that's the key. A lot of people right away in the first quarter, I don't prescribe to that. But by halftime, the game needs to be over.
0: And the good news for NC State fans is that I'm going to say something nice about Dave Dorn right now because I'm seeing a lot of negativity on Twitter I want to mention that just briefly because I think it's really, really premature in the season for that, guys. I mean, come on. Like, Let's at least get to the midpoint of the season before we start going after the head coach. It It's a one and one team. You're in week two. They just lost the best defensive player on the team. But Dave Dorn is great in these games. NC State doesn't lose these games under Dave Dorn. They win games they're supposed to win. That is not the problem right now, and you can't say that about former head coaches at NC State. You can't say that about NC State historically in football. They have had their examples of stink bombs in the past losing games. They had no business losing. So I got all the confidence in the world that NC State's going to take care of business on Saturday and that Dave Dorn's going to have this team ready to play. But, again, it's like, yes, there were coaching errors, but no, I don't think they were directly from Dave Dorn in, in the Mississippi State game. And... Like, where is this crit- – I understand where the criticism is coming from. It's a, crit- it's a frustrated fan base that's just coming off the College World Series disappointment and just – and it's the fact that it's the SEC record and the lack of success against SEC opponents. But, like, Dave Dorn just got a contract extension to 2025. He's He just brought in a great recruiting class. You're getting to a model of consistency to where NC State – is relevant and is towards the top end of the ACC more times than not. Like, don't you want to see that through? That's all I got to say.
1: Yeah, yeah I'll wrap it with this, too. I think um, sometimes fans, have, you know, fans think the head coach pulls the screens on absolutely everything and may be surprised where, you know, the head coach doesn't pull the screen as much as you think they do. This is really a coordinated game, assistant coaches. Uh, It's impossible for the head coach to pull the strings as much as people think they do. And let's not forget, look, Dave Dorn said on his radio, so I think they called a uh, zone blocking play and and the offensive guard immediately went uh, on the snap, ran an inside run play. And it completely blew the play up because nothing Mississippi State did, he ran the wrong play or the kickoff return for a touchdown was supposed to be kicked to the right side of the end zone. Uh, he kicked it down the middle instead. Um, and then a player got out of his lane and in the process impeded another entry state player who was in his lane and took two guys out. And next thing you know, you know, as Coach K once said, it's not like it's a video game where you can control what the players are doing. But if you hit A, B, or X, Y, or whatever, the players automatically do what you want them to do uh you know, it's all about preparation and it's about motivation. And respectfully I got it when you're the a team won fourteen to five in the first quarter, that would indicate to me you came prepared to play. It just didn't show up in the scoreboard. Um, and it would indicate to me you came motivated to play, it didn't show up in the scoreboard. And then that started to trickle down and it became a problem. So We'll see. This week is all about motivation, though. Let's see how, how fired up they come out and how quickly they can take care of business.
0: I have faith. I have confidence. Wolfpack, let's see it through. Come on now. I want to blow out on Saturday. I'm, I'm gonna mm-hmm. be, I'm gonna be listening to it on the radio because I can't watch RSN on the West Coast. So, and my reasoning there is, I don't want to see it if it's something bad. And if it's something good, then, you know, I'll just listen to it and I can visualize it and I'll go back and watch the condensed game on ACC Digital Network. But thank you, everyone, for listening. Tune in Saturday. We've got some more good content coming up on thewolfpacker.com. Use promo code PAC60 while you're there at thewolfpacker.com. And don't forget, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. We're on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Plus, you can always watch us on our YouTube channel. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We can't thank you enough to our subscribers. And if you listen to this podcast, you better be a subscriber at the Wolfpacker on YouTube. Um, follow us on social media, at the Wolfpacker on Twitter, at Justin H. Will is my Twitter handle. And you can give us a like on Facebook, NC State Wolfpack on the Wolfpacker.com. So for Matt Carter, this is Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast.